Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday miracle edition of the program. Coach Stefanski available uh, here momentarily. We'll go to that as soon as it comes. How you living, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good, you know. I like beanie season. I'm not afraid of a little I hoodie, love that beanie. A hoodie beanie season. Yeah, we got to get you one of these, right? Aren't we still working on that? Well, I don't have any authority uh, in this building. Well, neither do I, but yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm going to work on that. Certain in certain uh, certain places I have authority. You have great authority. Great authority in certain areas. Places of, of great importance. Of, of some consequence. Yeah. Not I here. I say. Not here. I don't think that's true. I think you do have some authority. You just, you're, there used to be a. Swag looks great today. Yeah, the swag. This is swag. This is peak swagness. Yeah, he's great. And here's the deal. Early, early winter, late fall. Early winter, late fall is his peak time, and it's because of the layering. Yeah, he knows how to layer. He's got things layered out in a, in a, in a way I mean, he is just—he's a walking catalog. Here's Coach at the podium. Football team, uh, got to make sure that we have a really, really good week. Started this morning with our meetings, getting to know this team. Uh, It's—they're very, very good. It's—it's an impressive roster. Uh, Really, players uh, up and down the roster, offense, defense, special teams, very well coached. Uh, Know a lot of their coaches. I know what they're about. Um, So they, they play good football. So, like. Most weeks uh, to go on the road and, and, and try and find a win versus a really good football team, you got to make sure that you do all those things that we talk about in going on the road, taking care of the football, playing sound, playing complimentary, all those things. So uh, really today is about getting to know uh, Buffalo and then getting out in the field and, and getting some work done. So with that, I'll take any questions. Kevin, the, uh, the snowstorm that's getting ready to hit uh, Buffalo, could that impact like when you guys go down there and then other other – contingencies you're looking at that could impact the way you prepare for I'm sure it could. Uh, I'm sure some people are having some conversations about that. I'm not in that circle right now. They'll fill me in, you know, need to know. Uh, But for us, we just have to focus on our preparation. And if something changes, we'll tell the players, we'll tell you guys. You know if there's a chance they would move the game to another, to a uh, neutral location? I have no idea. Now, I've been part of neutral location games. You guys can do your homework on that one. You said that you can't control the weather, so you just have to deal with it. You think you dealt with it well in South uh, Florida? Well, I, to, <laughs> I still feel that way this week. You know, speaking of the weather, we'll deal with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, does that weather affect you? Yes. Is it an excuse? No. I mean, every team that goes down there has to uh, deal with that. There are certain things that you can do, Tony, from uh, hydration and uh, messaging and, and things that we did to try to uh, address those things. Um, you do that each week, but uh, it's not an excuse. Early in the game, as early as the second quarter, that guys were winded and lethargic. Did you see it that way? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because I don't want to. I don't want to dispute that it was hot. <laughs> but every team that goes down there and plays Miami, uh, you're in the sun for the first half. That's how their stadium is designed. So you're going to be. Uh, hot and that's why we tried to rotate as many guys as we did um but again it's part of the elements of football it's an outdoor game it's it's what we have to deal with are you going to give deshaun first team reps this week yeah obviously as you guys know deshaun can practice today uh he was able to be part of the walkthrough for the first time this morning so i'm not going to get into the specifics of what reps he's getting what jacoby's getting what 
Josh Dobbs is getting. Uh, we really don't do that for any of the guys, but it's going to be good to have him out there at practice uh, with his teammates. Is it going to um, escalate as you get closer to him playing like more and more? Yeah, I, I'm not going to get into specifics, but um, again, this is the next step for him, and it's good to have him back out in the field. Kevin, uh, it's, it's one of the ones we ask the players questions, yeah. and actually, naturally, the Sean is a, a subject. So, how do you keep that from um, from being a distraction as you prepare for yeah. the Bills? Yeah, we, we talked about it this morning, uh, Jeff. You know, he's eligible to practice with the team, but. What's important is that we do everything we can to find a way to get a win versus Buffalo, and that's where the players' focus is. Offseason, because Jacoby and uh, Deshaun were splitting reps in the preseason and all that. Did you have a plan for what the rep split would be like at this point in time, or did you just, as the season went on, say, okay, we're going to split it up this Yeah, time? I think, as you remember, Kimberly, that things were changing uh, in the moment there with uh, some of those details of suspension, those type of things. And then once you know the rules of the return to play, that's when we really accelerated the conversations on what it should look like when he's eligible to practice. So that's where we are now. What's going to be the challenge in balancing, you know, getting Jacoby ready to play because you got two huge games coming up and then also getting Deshaun ready to play, uh, especially in light of the fact he hasn't played in you know, two seasons now? Yeah, I think that was, you know, a big part of our – off season and in the spring and in the summer getting uh, Deshaun reps. I think you bank those reps. I think he has a, a lot of reps that he can rely on and, and can watch the tape of him running plays that he'll be asked to run when it's time for him to play. Um, but the most important thing right now is, is getting ready for Buffalo and getting Jacoby ready to play. Unusual transition coming up at quarterback. How do you prevent it from being awkward? Yeah, I, I think you guys know the two parties at hand here. Uh, these are professionals. These are good people. They're friends. Um, and I think that's probably the most important thing. How do you find comfort and knowledge in a situation like this? And I know you don't want to get into details of the reps and whatnot, but how do you just find what you need to feel comfortable that this plan is right and it's going to work out how you want to to make both sides, both Jacoby and Watson, comfortable? Yeah, I don't. I think ultimately I don't know that there's a handbook. So for us, we're just with the information available to us, try to make good decisions for the team. Uh, again, Deshaun can come back to practice. That's the next step. So we'll get him out there and practice. But Jacoby's starting. You know, he's going to put everything he has into this game like he does each week. Uh, his preparation is not changing. My preparation with him is not changing. So um, it's just a matter of, of finding the, the right amount. And that's something that we just have to work through. What have two different game plans together this week? One for a snowball and one for semi-normal uh, conditions? I wouldn't say two separate game plans, but you're always, when weather is going to be a factor, as it might be, you're always thinking about having plays that you might turn to should it be a major factor. Jacoby played in a whiteout in this stadium in 2017, so he's used to it. Uh, Alex Van Pelt's on staff. He you know, played there for many years, so uh, the guys are, are prepared for if that's what it, it ends up being, but can't spend too much time uh, worrying about that. Just on the front end, just put together a plan uh, and ready to pivot in the moment if, if need be. Kevin, what do you remember about that week when the game against the Giants got moved to Detroit? Good job, Zach. Uh, yeah, that was, that was when the dome collapsed. 
which was crazy. And I think for coaches and players, in any of those moments, you just deal with what's in front of you. Coaches and players, all we have to do is say, hey, go to this bus, get on this plane, you know, go to this meeting. We don't have to do all the work that goes into it from the logistics standpoint. So uh, we're creatures of, of habit. We're creatures of listening to whoever tells us to go in whichever direction they want us to go in. And, you know, you want to play the game on this day, that day, you know, that's fine. Even going back uh, when I was with the Vikings in, I'm going to guess now, 2000, uh, call it 11, we had a game versus the Eagles that was uh, postponed until Tuesday night. It was supposed to be, I think, a Sunday night game. So, you know, like you dream about playing Tuesday night football. But I think for players, and, and, and particularly the players, they're they're ready to adapt. That's what they do. Uh, and whatever comes our way, we'll be ready. But I also know this. What's most important is practice in seven minutes. Drills are commonplace for getting ready to play in the rain. And just, is there anything you do to kind of prep for, you know, having to carry yeah. you know, a ball in snow? Yeah, I, I think those are kind of things you, you definitely work on. Um, you know, with the quarterbacks, some quarterbacks don't love the wet ball drill because it's a heavier ball that puts some stress on your shoulders. Uh, Jacoby, uh, I think he'll be just fine. And, and the rest of the guys, if, if you get into weather games, it, it just becomes another, it's one more uh, emphasis on your technique is really what it is. Kevin, I know you don't rule anybody in or out on, on a Wednesday, but getting JOK back today in practice and David obviously out still, but what do you need to see out of those two guys in particular to, to feel good about them for Sunday? Yeah, I think with those guys in particular, but with anybody, they just got to keep progressing. I think both those guys are progressing. They're, they're, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful on, on both of them. Um, JOK is going to practice today. David's not, like you mentioned. But uh, I, I think if they keep responding to treatment, keep responding to the rest, uh, I'm hopeful on them. Teller is available to practice. Yes. Have you, have you done any homework on the 2007 game in the Browns-Bills, the, the snow game here? I have not. Fill me in. Trying to through the eight ball to 33 times. Zeros. That's all you have to know. Eight <laughs> times. How many times? 33 times. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because you go into each one of these games and you, you, weather's a factor. Our stadium's on the lake. Buffalo is, is, you know, it's lake effect snow we're talking about. So it's one more element that you have to deal with. Uh, I know this. They played in a very windy game uh, versus New England, and they threw it 30-plus times. So... It's hard to, even with the conditions, say that the game's going to go one specific way. In that game, Philadelphia kicked two field goals in the snow, and Cade, I mean, I don't know if he has a lot of experience in that. Is that something that you take into account? I mean, you know, you can't really practice that. Uh, yeah, it's hard to practice. Um, we got the cryo chamber. Um, yeah, I, I think th those are day of the game things that you got to get really good reps in pregame warm up. Growing up in the Phillies, you, did you ever play in? Snow game, uh, you know, where the uh, snow was real heavy and everything? Played in some cold games in college. Uh, Ithaca, New York is not real warm late in the year. Uh, you know, I think we mentioned the other day I was part of the minus six playoff game versus the Seahawks. That was cold. So it's not going to be cold. Uh, but I, I think, again, it's another element that you deal It's another, another variable, better word, uh, that you just deal with. And, and we'll see if, if this is... You know, we'll see if this is something that requires a lot of attention. It may also require no attention. The weatherman's sometimes wrong. <laughs>
Kevin, looking back to Sunday, um, you guys weren't able to get as much pressure on Tua as I know you had hoped. Um, it's, it felt like their tackles did a nice job of running your ends a little deeper. Um, what can you do to fix that inside to get either your defensive tackles to to win their matchup or, or bring some pressure from there? Yeah, I think it's it's probably multi-faceted to, to, to answer that, Tom, because you also got to you need to get into third and longer situations to really pin your ears back and rush. And, you know, we didn't do that enough in terms of first and 10 defense is as important to set yourself up to get in those positions. But then specifically to the offensive line, uh, teams are going to give our ends attention. Um, there are things that we've done and things that we'll always continue to do to try to uh, take that attention uh, off of them. But teams are... Uh, as you, as we all know, are determined to get the ball out quickly versus us, uh, and that informs us in how we rush and informs us in how we cover. Uh, and didn't, but we just ultimately didn't have enough true rush opportunities. I'd tell you in that game. What, what is last one, Josh Allen? You know, what's the unique challenge that he presents that you really have to prepare your defense for with him? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's a great, great player. Um, he's a huge percentage of their offense whether it's the pass game the design quarterback runs or the off schedule plays which he's unbelievable at and that's those are really really difficult to, to defend he has really good players on on the outside he's got a good offense line to protect him but when he wants to buy time and and he's a huge threat to run as as a big body that can He's hard to get on the ground. Um, and then he's a huge threat to keep the play alive and, and survey the field for what feels like forever. Um, and then find Stefan Diggs. Uh, you know, they have a great rapport. Uh, you know, I know Stefan well. He's one of the most competitive players I've ever been around. He's su super talented, can track the deep ball, strong hands. Uh, so you just have really impressive weapons on his perimeter that these plays go on for, you know, a while. So you, you have to be ready for that. That's really hard to. Uh, mimic in a in a practice setting, but in game, you know, you talk about playing through the echo, the whistle. It, it's the, those plays are they, they take some time. You really until he's down on the ground, or until it's an incomplete pass, or until you've you know heard that whistle, the plays never over with him. All right, thanks, guys. A couple of things there. Um, the just from the the perspective of from the Watson perspective, they were asking questions about. Watson and, and Jake asked the direct question, would you, will Watson get first team reps and coach answered that and was trying to get back to, you know, we got to get ready for Buffalo. Uh, that, that is a very fair questioning from the stamp. All of this is, but I mean, just from the standpoint of that's where this storyline is for the season right now. Yep. That's their job. That's your job out there as fans. You want, what's it going to look like when Watson gets back? Because we've seen nine games. Right. So we know what it is at this point, And there's that's his job is not that his job is to beat Buffalo this week and give his yes. team the best chance to win all the while preparing Deshaun Watson to play as the season comes along. One of the things coach said there was banking the reps. Um, that's a really tough. I, I, I don't buy. I know what he's trying to say. I get it. What did I think what he's saying? And if and tell me if this is if you agree with that, what he's saying is he was able to he's going to like our concepts and what we yeah. want him to do versus certain coverages within the flow of our offense. He's gotten reps doing that. So that part will be, yes. is already there, but throwing the football game speed, all of that is not there. No, no, he's, he's going to be starting, uh, you know, like camp. 
Yes. You know, for the next four weeks on that. And even in practice, it's not the same as playing in a game. No, not at all. Um, I would say this, though, and I, if you know this operation at all, since this, these guys have been running it, there will be a plan. And there's been a plan for a long time. This isn't something that crops up on a Sunday. They're like, hey, Deshaun's back this week. I wonder what we're going to do. This has been laid out probably since August 26th or whenever the date was that we found out it was 11 games instead of six. Yep. From that point on, they knew what the plan was going to be on his return. Um, yep. The other thing that was good, and I know what they were going for, but they asked him, "Would you do any? did you do any work on the 07 game, um, which was a game I was at, the snowball game here where Phil hit the two field goals and uh, we won eight to nothing in, a, in the most ridiculous conditions you could ever play a football game in. It was fun because you won. Um, but that wouldn't apply really to anything because no. it wasn't game plan or anything. It was you really couldn't do anything. The other the thing that's going to be really big for for Sunday, and we probably Gibby need we probably going to need you and your expertise on, from a meteorology standpoint on this. What is it Sunday at kick? Because whatever happens before, like if if there's three feet of snow in Buffalo that happens Saturday into Sunday morning and it stops, then this is a normal game and there's nothing to it. The only thing that would impact that is if the wind is blowing and it's still snowing at one o'clock Sunday. I mean, you just have you have to have enough time to clear the roads, and then you've got to have enough time to clear the stadium. So, I was talking to our good friend Laura from the NFL Network, producer. She's in town today. Obviously, there's a lot of national people here today, um, and she was part of in fourteen when the Bills ultimately had to go to Detroit to play a game because of the weather. They had to relocate. And she's like, remember, like, they had to send snowmobiles to players' houses to get them to the facility to be able to bus to the airport. It it comes down to can they clear all of the snow out of the stadium. There's only one entrance and exit out of that field area. So that takes a little bit of time to get the snow out. Yeah. The other problem becomes, what's the snow situation at the airport? Are we able to land? Would Buffalo be able to take off? <laughs> yeah. In, in a band, if the airport ends up being shut down, well, that that's going to be a problem. <laughs> so you'll have you'll make decisions Friday night. Just from a game, just from the game though. Two different apps. One says that the snow will continue till about two o'clock that day. Okay. One First says the quarter. snow will be done that day, but it says, it's late and this is one where it says that it'd be done. It says mostly cloudy, windy, and cold, and with snow during the day, travel will be extremely difficult and dangerous. Okay, so I don't think like roads and most will be closed. I'm sure by Sunday. Yeah. So what'll what'll be interesting then is does the I mean, some of this we can get into in the next segment, but I the one thing that I just wanted to bring point to, because I think there's this notion that that this game itself, if played in Buffalo, and that feels like it might be an if, if played in Buffalo, the actual gameplay shouldn't be affected much by this weather because it should be done yeah, I, or, it, or it ending. It appears that Saturday night into Sunday morning is when things could start to taper off. Cream. That hoodie? That's cream. In the thing? No. Oh. No, God forbid. No. I, I, I just said <laughs> I need to look at your face. No, no, no. Just yeah, it was a that's cream a great, Nike. Yeah. So they exist in this building. Or he got it. It was a cream Nike Browns? Correct. Was it the one that I showed you? No, it didn't no. look like it. Okay. But I just saw the cream. 
Yeah. I, so do you know what I mean? Like the actual I, I gameplay, think... if you can play it. Here's the other thing. Well, let's save this. Let's let's get into that coming up next. But just okay. from a game plan standpoint, the actual game itself, if played in Buffalo, shouldn't be affected too much other than the fact that it being cold. Yeah. Can the teams get there? Can everybody yeah. safely All get that. to and from? Browns fans, catch the Kevin Stefanski Show with Z and Gerard tomorrow night, 7 to 8 at Razzles, Begley Road, Homestead Falls. Meet Browns long snapper Charlie Hewitt and check out Thursday Night Football as the guys get you ready for Sunday's game against the Bills. Uh, a bonus here is you will see Gibby in his element. A few people, I mean, kind of like going on safari. I mean, I think I did all right yesterday on the east side. You crushed it, but you brought your own people with you. You did, which is fine. So you bring, bring your bring your people. We're I very bet they'll welcome. be back. I bet they'll be back. I bet they will be. And but I, I mean, think the, the shock queen will be there tomorrow night. Uh, oh, see, baby. I mean, this is this is Gibby in his element. If you get to this one, so there's there's few losers in that situation. All right, we'll get into the logistics and some of the stuff that's out there uh, coming up next. An injury point from us, who's practicing, who's not. We're off and running on a first Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. Brought to you by BallyBet on 850 ESPN Cleveland. I want to tell you about my great friends at the Bath Authority. Folks, in about a day, they give you that bathroom that you've always wanted. You can transform it. It'll feel like a spa by the time they're done with it in just a short day. Once they get going, the Bath Authority makes it a reality for you to fracture the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler. Experts and factory trained. They know exactly what they're doing. They're the best. You give them a call right now, 216-220-8399. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Check them out at bathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding in about a day. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. Uh, before we get to an injury report standpoint, logistically, how many has this happened? The Bills play Thursday. They play at, on Thanksgiving, so this game can't be played Monday. No. They're not going to mess with with Thanksgiving. No. So it's either going to be played Sunday in Buffalo, or they got to make a decision to move this entire operation to what Detroit, Detroit which is where they play Thursday, Friday? which is where they play Thursday. So for them, it would be that would make some sense. They could just stay in, just Detroit. Stay in Detroit. They could ask on us. We host a DLD all those years. We could tell them where to stay, where to eat. Totally. I think the other uh, the other factor is. Gibby's thrown out a bunch of nightmare scenarios, by the way. I like, I like Doomsday Gibby. We're going to go in. I try to get other people in here to fire Nathan up. We're going to go in. Give me the Doomsday Gibby scenario. We're going to go in like Thursday or Friday. He'd love it. He'd love it. And he he just wigs out. Yeah. We're going to go in Thursday or Friday to beat the storm, even though Friday feels like the peak of the storm. I didn't even say it. Someone someone else came in here today and dropped that. And then. The girl just goes. And then we'll, we're going to end up getting, like, stuck there because they're not going to be able to get, get us out. to the airport or to get us back. So we'll come back on, like, Wednesday or something. Now. So in, your, in, in that fantasy world, <laughs> maybe like, this entire operation is going to be run out of a snow-stacked buffalo for five days, four days. It's Football the mother of all snowstorms. <laughs> I'm not we're doing stuck. that. We're stuck. 
Let's go to Detroit. I'm already in on that. I've already decided I'm totally fine with it. We'll go to Detroit. We can drive ourselves. It'll be great. And, and th- this I is love me it. just yeah. thinking. Because like, Detroit's a bus trip for us. Ugh. And it is not a pleasant oh, bus trip. No, I, I, it's a much worst. better self-drive. Yeah. You'll be I w- If we self-drive to that game, we will be in our homes easily. 90 minutes before we but would be no if we bust home. Parking passes. Oh, I don't we're gonna know get, how I'll pay for parking. Work. I'm guessing I'm I would too. I'm guessing there's nobody nobody would, no, be, would be there. there. I feel like it would be the easiest parking ticket in town. Trying to buy tickets on short notice, I'm sure a bunch of them would go, but like the Buffalo people aren't going to drive there. Yeah, but I don't know if the bill I don't know if the Lions are going to provide parking passes. Like you park at your own risk or park at your fine. own spots. Fine. Sounds yeah, great. Fine, yeah. So what, where are we at? I mean, at what point does the I, league have to make a decision on this? If I, I this snow's think, coming would, in Friday. I would think it would be 48 hours out. Is By that then, enough? I don't, I don't know if that's going to be enough time. Well, the other thing about that, Gibby, is if it's 48 hours, at that point the snow has already started over there. That's what I'm saying. I feel like they got to know by tomorrow what they're doing. Love Either it. give it a I go or not. It. Ideally, I, I mean, that, that would make sense to me. I just get... I just wonder, like, the Bills aren't going to willingly give up a home game. It's a hard ticket. Are you going to lose all that revenue? Well, no. They're also, I mean, their fans will get there. They they live in that that climate. They know it. Yeah, man. Bills mafia. That's why I'm just saying, like, Buffalo's going to do everything they can to host this game on Sunday. Is there a possibility, and I'm just throwing it out there, I have no – Zagur and I are blind – no one knows anything. We're literally waiting to hear from the league on what happens. But right now, we're scheduled to fly out Saturday afternoon to Buffalo. Okay. So here's so, what I think is most likely, is based there, on the information. Is, is there a chance? Disposal. Uh-huh. Is there a chance they push this back to like a four o'clock, six o'clock, just to give them a few extra hours if they need it to clear out the stadium? They could go to four, probably. I think your most – here's the other thing that's actually – so I wasn't – I have not spent a lot of time in this area. In fact, I've never been to Buffalo. It's actually fun. I'm sure it's great. But I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying to myself, all right, so let's say you were going to fly into another city and then bus to the game. The problem from the look of it There's is nowhere. the places that you would fly into, like, for example – I mean, you're not going to deal with customs. So you're not going to go to Toronto. So Rochester – Syracuse, Ithaca. They're all going to be They're all going to be in the same path. Yeah. So there's no there's no place south of Buffalo. And I now I don't feel north like that might be a work. Nightmare scenario if we got stranded somewhere on a highway on a bus. Yeah. Zagura's head might implode. Actually, I might be in Right now you guys are flying Stop Saturday, it. right? Yes, we're flying Saturday afternoon. That's. I feel like that's not going to happen. I don't know. I what think you got to fly Friday, or you don't fly. I mean, that, that's what okay. it, it comes down to. Can can either a we fly in, or b can they fly out? Yeah, and they would, they could fly out, but I think that needs to be known. Like they need to leave need like tomorrow. tomorrow. If they're flying out, they need to fly tomorrow. Would be I, what I would I say. I would think so. And I would say if you're flying in, you need to fly tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you can fly Friday morning. Take your chance. Paratroop in Friday morning. When does it start over there? When's the joy start? I mean, you can deal with a lot. They, they're used to it. I mean, there's a lot of snow. Push it into the lake. Yeah. They get rid of it. They know how to get rid of it. Yeah, they're smart. They live in the climate. They know what it's all about. I don't know. 
when it starts. Girl, like, why do you but feel I do like feel like there's days in Buffalo. We oh, thrive. That'd be unbelievable. I'll go kid. get us some snow snowmobiles. He's we'll got go, Pedro we'll for ten days. Cruising. Pedro for for ten days straight into Buffalo for four. Yes, it's untenable. Please. I'm in. Wings, like, come beers, on, man. snowmobiles. I'm a rinse and repeat. Listen, for most of you, that might be okay. Yeah, not me. No, uh. Uh-uh. It does feel, though, in all seriousness, like they got yeah. they got to make a decision pretty damn quick. I, I would think a lot quicker than forty eight hours out. I don't but. see any way because, and I would imagine that they will put the onus on us because Buffalo is the home team. So why would they make it harder on them? You mean they're going to tell mean, us the, tomorrow? We're going to get I'm an email tonight, being I'm like sa- you're leaving for Buffalo. I'm saying it's more likely you're leaving tomorrow than Buffalo's leaving for Detroit tomorrow. That's my hunch. Like they'll put 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 it on you. It's their home game. Get I here. think I think I think you're going in there Friday. Is what I think. I don't think you're flying in there Saturday. I think it's too risky. So you fly in there. You fly in there tomorrow. They're Friday. Don't you think that needs to be announced by tomorrow? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then do they move this game to four o'clock or something like just that? Just to give them more time to give them to more time to clear stadium. roads, clear stadiums, so, and all of that. Just as an FYI. Mm-hmm. The four o'clock slate tomorrow has Sunday. You mean? Sunday, I mean, has Raiders Broncos at four o five Eastern. The big game is Cowboys Vikings on CBS at four twenty five. Okay, four twenty five also on CBS. CBS has the doubleheader. Is Bengals Steelers, which was Sunday night and got moved. That's four o'clock. Four twenty five. Chiefs Chargers, which I'm guessing was going to yes, be on CBS. Flexed. Chargers are back to back week Sunday night football. Right. I knew that, but I didn't so know. did they Why didn't take they put Bengals hold on a and put them at one? I don't know that. My question is, did they then once they took that game from CBS, did CBS get to take Cowboys Vikings from Fox? No, CBS. That's that whole. That's, cross. We're done with that. Never. You, no, we never do that anymore. It's not always just AFC and NFC with those well, two networks. Well, Fox's only game at four o'clock is Raiders Broncos, and it's a four o five. Correct. Which means CBS has the doubleheader, so they swapped so it. They swapped. What, Fox took that, and after CBS took Cowboys. And what whoever what they, they would do is, in the event the games if, in the event the game got moved, they would put uh, Browns Bills would be on in Buffalo and Cleveland and nowhere else mm-hmm. at four. Yeah. yeah. Because they they want they want eyeballs on Dallas Minnesota twenty nine million last week for Dallas and Ten, 29. 29 million why wow wow large large there you go we have Bernie next um I actually think he might be on the phone now we can t- I'd love to talk to him now if you how do you want Madison to, I mean, is he on if the he's phone on the now? phone we'll take it now yep we have him now perfect let's head out. On the Twisted Tea Hotline. Let's go right into it. Brought to you by Twisted Tea. Don't worry about it. You're safe. No one needs to know the sausage is made, Gibby. Brought to you by Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted. Cleveland, the great Bernie Kozar joining us. Buddy, what is the most inclement game you have ever played in? And of the elements, what is most troubling when dealing with cold and snow and wind? Well, I appreciate being called in as the resident expert meteorologist here today (laughs) with historic snow levels coming to western New York for a guy who has made that drive from Cleveland to Buffalo on I-90. Everybody be careful, uh, Dog Pound fans out there on the trip over, hopefully. But you know what? That type weather 
and you got we were talking about it. We've talked about it on air and off air at times. You mentioned it in the last segment about it being also windy. The wind's the bigger issue. And actually, I think, and I actually hope it really snows during the game because I really think that's going to play into the Browns and to our favor with our running game. Um, the Buffalo Bills uh, have struggled um, in the second half of games um, stopping the run this year. And the way Buffalo has been running the ball, they've been almost a shotgun formation team. And Josh Allen has been an unbelievable. But when you're in the shotgun in a windy, snowy day with historic snow levels, I'd love to see it as bad as this sounds, as long as we can get both teams to Orchard Park um, Sunday at 1 o'clock. I actually think it plays into our into our favor if it snows miserably um, during the game. How does that affect the quarterback and the ability to throw the ball just in general if, if it is blizzard-like conditions? Well, from the, you know, uh, Bo, you had asked me some of my uh, bad games to play, and you know, I played yeah. the, an overtime game against the Minnesota Vikings where it was like minus 25 with the wind chill and being windy. The old Houston Oilers, one of those 45-mile-an-hour gusting wind days. Those are tragic days to be a quarterback. Um, heavy snow, if heavy snow without the wind is actually awesome to be able to throw the ball. So if, if the wind is only in that 10 mile an hour range and it's snowing, it actually, I think, plays, plays uh, good into at least what I was able to do, throwing the ball. I remember a few years ago, it's probably 2007, so a lot of years ago, the year that, that Brady had the crazy season they had a game in Tennessee I want to say or against Tennessee that was a total whiteout and he threw for like 500 yards and five touchdowns because the receivers know where they're going they've got their footing a little bit better than the DBs trying to react to it and they sliced them they diced them now Bernie you were down there in Miami and, and, and on and on top of that on on top of that that miserable field conditions absolutely plays into um, our offensive line getting back on task this week because pa- rushing the passer in in um, field conditions like this absolutely slows it down. Just like that Browns Buffalo game was, I think it was eight nothing back in 2007. The pass rush becomes becomes um, uh, negated. Yeah, and certainly unlike, we could use unlike that. what I unlike what I rudely cut you off from. When you were, I think, asking me about this past weekend in Miami. So the antithesis weather (laughs) was, uh, Nathan, congratulations. You're doing awesome up in the booth and stuff. And what an awesome time to get promoted to not have to be on the sunny 110-degree sidelines (laughs) the other day. Yeah, but to miss that and miss a blizzard, it's great. Yeah, I mean that was the the, the home field advantage. I forgot, you know. Um, it was an emotional weekend for me having the honor to to have played for both teams, to have been on those sidelines. Um, I'd been on the visiting team sideline in that horrid heat like that, and actually forgot about it because my last few years I was in the shaded side on the home team, and literally, not to sound like a spoiled athlete, but. The difference between sun and 110 degrees on your sideline and then a nice, cool 78 degrees on the home team sideline. I mean, it was uh, – I know our team's been uh, somewhat criticized for lack of effort or intensity, 
there's a genuine there is a genuine fatigue um, factor there that's not an indictment of the team. I'm just not sure how you could practice like we've been practicing up here for a few weeks and then be subjected to that type of heat and humidity and then be able to be at 100 percent your your physical peak. That was a that was a tough ask. Bernie, on that Miami game, you know, I, we were talking about this throughout the week, and it, it does feel like that this defense was built with the idea that we would be playing ahead and that teams would have to pass it. And one of the things that I think we're seeing around the league is that that is true at a lot of places. And what NFL offenses have done is said, hey, if you're going to play a lot of nickel and dime and you're going to have all of these corners coming out of college who really want to cover and maybe aren't crazy about tackling, well, we're just going to run it. And we've seen that a lot as this season's gone along. There, it, there, it's a yin and yang, right? And it feels like the league is now saying, if you're going to build teams this way, we're plenty happy just running it. The idea that we lost a game where Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle had a combined 110 yards, it's almost impossible to wrap your head around. But it happened in a dominant fashion for Miami. Yeah, that's that's really an, an awesome point, Bo. And you know, we've talked about here on on Cleveland Browns Daily the last couple years how astute and how positive we were a couple years ago of Coach Stefanski and Andrew Barry and and this system coming in with this hard nosed physical running game. We were uh, four years ago, five years ago. You were the antichrist in the NFL if you had tight ends and fullbacks on your team. And if you didn't go shotgun four receivers, you you were prehistoric in your, your game planning. That started evolving about three years ago. We astutely, uh, offensively with the Browns, were ahead of the curve recognizing the lack of physicalness and the lack of running games. And we, we got ahead of that and implemented um, what we now have in terms of this physical running game. I do think, though, we probably misread that other teams were going to, because plagiarism is the best sign of flattery, and it absolutely happens all the time in life, and for, for sure, in the NFL. And when other teams started watching some of the things we were doing and also realizing that there was a, maybe a void of uh, physicalness, of uh, tackling, and things of that nature were, were regressing, trying to get that bigger, tougher running teams like um, Rabel's doing in Tennessee, like we're doing in Cleveland, like Baltimore is doing uh, with Lamar Jackson. Not not really equating our personnel on offense or on defense to be ready for what some of the other teams were doing like we were doing. Just like we're able to take advantage of the Bengals because they're set up to pass the ball and to stop the pass and we're set up to run against them. Um, teams like Baltimore have better success against us because of their physical stuff of running the ball. And I think that's the evolution from a defensive perspective that we need to match up with bigger, bigger people to um, be more set up for those running type teams as opposed to three, four years ago where 95% of the league to almost a hundred percent of the league was a finesse throwing team. And Bernie, to your point, you know, one of the things I look at every week when I go through and you just, one thing you can, you can see is size. You can mm-hmm. see weight, girth, 
And you look at the interior of our defensive line. Jordan Elliott's 300 pounds. I think that's probably generous. Taven Bryan, 290. Winfrey, 290. Togiai, 290. And that is probably very generous on Togiai. You go and look at what we faced last week with the Miami Dolphins. Raquan Davis, 335. John Jenkins, 340. Christian Wilkins, 315. Zach Sealer, 305. Is that something that, you know, maybe we made a little miscalculation on in the middle that we don't have? And I know people say, oh, well, they're just two down players, these 330-pound guys. But you need some of those two down players, right? Yeah, yeah, Nathan and Bo, we, we spoke about this in the offseason. It's been preseason. This is one of, like, mine and ours kind of elements of possible concern was, was not having size up the middle. And, yes, you absolutely need that type of – Size and 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 uh, and girth up there, um, almost like when I um, um, when I were talking about the Dolphins and their size, almost like when I did that that guitar smash against the New England Patriots. <laughs> so uh, being on the sidelines, being where they are, um, and seeing the massive size. I mean, they they passed the eye test with monsters getting off the bus. Um, not only just from the aesthetic side, but there's a physicalness of establishing a line of scrimmage that. You're absolutely able to do to do with that. All right, I want to ask way, you. I, I, by the way, I think on that guitar smash, which is there is a lot of adrenaline to it. It really does, though. When you do it in front of the visiting team like that, that's right in the tunnel where the visiting team is preparing to come out. So they're they're watching that and they're watching you kind of do the entertainment side of it. That <laughs> really, the certain teams, in particular, who's down there for the Patriots. I don't want to swear here on the radio, but that really got them mad. Okay, that you don't want to. I don't know if we want to elevate the visiting team as much as they were <laughs> elevated before that game. So that didn't help us that day. That's for darn sure, Bernie. I want to ask you about getting to be down there and getting to see Tua and what Mike McDaniel is doing in offense. They run motion on more plays than anybody. They have RPOs and play action on more plays than anybody. And Tua reminds me kind of like a throwback quarterback in the sense that he does not have the strongest of arms. In fact, the ball at times looks like, you know, Phillip Rivers at the end of his career with a lot of arc on it. But his ability to throw with anticipation and to be precise in his location despite throwing it so much before guys are out of their breaks was kind of stunning to me. And I thought... That offense, and they did whatever they wanted to the Cleveland Browns. But what did you what did you think of Tua and just the what the way Mike McDaniel schemed that thing up against us uh, on last Sunday? Well, I love I love Tua's sense of timing. I, I had a chuckle. Boomer Siasen called me, busting my chops about how he thought Tua's sense of timing, the way he floated the ball out there so damn early, reminded him of uh, watching me on the sidelines in the old Bengals Browns game, which. I thought it was a kind of a cool compliment to yeah. get Mr. Big Time to get Mr. Big Time to call me up and uh, throw me a couple bones like that. But just to watch two, you know, twenty six for thirty three, two hundred ninety six yards. Uh, Joe Semino, there is the equipment manager for the Miami Dolphins. Joe and Charlie were the same equipment managers for the Miami Dolphins when I was there. And Joe said that in all his years, thirty plus years in the NFL, he has never had a quarterback jersey that clean after a game. And I don't say that as an indictment of our pass rush or anything. I say that as a compliment, Nathan, to what you astutely pointed out of Mike McDaniels in that game plan. Since he had those two concussions with, ironically, the same bad doctors that I had in the 90s giving me all those same concussions, since he's had those concussions, 
Mike McDaniels has really implemented that motion and shift um, personnel grouping with the RPO game and 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 using uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill to get him into that intermediate passing game with the trade of Wilson. Um, they're they're a dominant a dominant offense, and with two of being able to um, anticipate his throws and have the confidence to throw him out there. And um, that that Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan-type offense that um, we're familiar with Mike McDaniels for the year he spent here in, in Cleveland five, six years ago, um, I love that type system. But one thing I forgot, I, I actually – had a holistic conference down in Miami, and the Dolphins stayed at the same hotel. So I got to spend Saturday night with uh, Tua and Mike McDaniels at, at some of their meetings and stuff. And, and to go into their quarterback meetings and to see, like, also their pass game coordinator is Daryl Bevel. And Daryl mm. Bevel was actually one of my – was one of the QBs in my quarterback room with me, Marino, Jimmy Johnson um, – and Gary Stevens, who kind of taught us all to how to run routes. So to have kind of that West Coast Mike uh, uh, Mike McDaniel's Kyle Shanahan offense implemented with that Don Shula, uh, Jimmy Johnson, old school passing games that Daryl Bevel knows. I mean, oh God, I had a bad feeling for our Browns Saturday night when I pieced together all of those those little puzzle parts there. That they they have an impressive setup going on right now. Bernie, I'll get you out of here on this one. Anytime you're down in Miami, I know that it's special. And one of the things that was making the way around the weekend was the Sports Illustrated cover that you and Marino shot in 84. And then, of course, it comes full circle towards the end of your career where you're, where you're down in Miami with Marino on those Dolphins teams. What do you remember about that, the, the SI cover shoot? Was that one of those ones where you guys were in – obviously, you were both in Miami. Did they come and get you guys together? What do you remember about that? And, and when you land in Miami – does that all – how quickly does that all come full circle? You know, it really does come full circle pretty quick to to have been at the game and, you know, to watch the game with Danny and, and to spend time reliving it. And actually to be on the sidelines. I didn't think it was going to be that emotional for me to, to actually be on the sideline, to kind of be there with some of the Browns uh, front office and coaches and players and then to be there – with so many of my old Dolphin teammates and Danny and to, to be flat out sitting on the sideline where I could remember on a Monday night game, Danny getting hurt and me getting the opportunity to come in and play against the Steelers. It was, it was just spectacularly awesome to, to be a part of that. I was super honored and, and, and humbled. Oh, that's great. I, I love seeing it, and uh, we love uh, that you give us a little bit of time every week. Yes. Thanks for giving some of it today, It's a buddy. treat. Awesome, guys. You matter. Go Browns. Let's keep the stove coming Sunday afternoon so we can run the ball. <laughs> run it, run it. God willing, brother. <laughs> the great Bertie Cozar joining us there uh, on the hotline. Of course, uh, Twisted Tea, there's nothing quite like it. Tailgating touchdowns at Twisted Tea. It tastes just like real iced tea, and you know why? Because it's made with real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing, and a 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and goal. Twisted Tea, hard iced tea. Keep it twisted. Uh, from an injury standpoint from us today, uh, we've signed defensive tackle Ben Still to the active roster from Miami's practice squad. I'm saying let's go. Oh, let's go, yeah. Solve the problem, Ben. We got <laughs> – he'll solve it all right there. That was a great – that was a great to kid.
It's incredible. Come on, Ben, plug the middle. <laughs> oh, that was good. Josh Allen limited today, but I think the bigger issue over in Buffalo is they have a real like illness outbreak. I was seeing this morning. Right now, and we're cutting up McDermott's presser right now. Um, they're they're struggling to field enough guys today to practice. Yeah. So they've got a weather issue. They have a sickness is going around, man, and uh, they have an illness. Yeah. yeah, Fontana's in for Carmen tonight on the preview show. There you go. I got. I got. Do you have? Are you? Are you still reading? Do you uh, have time for two random by sides? The, by the way, following Browns will not practice today. Uh, okay. Anthony Bell concussion. Yeah. Michael Dunn back. Okay. David Njoku ankle. There you go. Michael Dunn is back, or he's not practicing they because of the back. They are Those out. three they are, are not practicing. Yeah. Here. Good. Go ahead. Good. What do you have? All right, I got, I got, well, one's a public service announcement. Okay. And I'll do that. I'll tease that because I imagine we do have to get some breaks, even though a part of me wants to fill yeah, the I've already worked it out. And I've not, already timed everything out. We're fine. And not let Gibbe do anything. Um, according to an NFL spokesperson, the league has been monitoring weather in Buffalo and has been in touch with the Bills and the Browns. That's per Tom Withers. It doesn't say what they've said, but there that is. So yesterday, mm-hmm. I got a public service announcement that's going to come up, which is an important one I want everybody to listen to. But yesterday, so I was somewhere. I don't okay. want to say where to give any, but there was somebody who was in attendance. Okay. A big gathering. Okay. Wearing a mask. Their spouse was wearing a mask. Their child was wearing a mask. Okay. This person would walk away from everybody like every five minutes and go into this back room and just hack up a lung and then come back. And I realize it's important you want to be there, support your kid at this event, but like at the same time, doesn't that feel circumstantial evidence it felt like we were dealing with somebody who knew that there was something going down and was like i'm coming anyway i will give them credit for wearing the mask me too thank you for wearing Thanks the mask for wearing that. i mean that, that helps. i feel like if you're court, if you're walking around. away every five minutes and like literally like it was a real oh my god respiratory yeah, eh, yeah. maybe it's a little bronchitis i know but i feel like you gotta be you gotta like you gotta bubble yourself up or something like just yeah. go stand and like just go like to the one corner. There was one corner of the yeah, place that was available where there was nobody. Distance. Like, yeah. set up shop there. Go live. Yeah, go have a good time. Trying to lay the foundation of I'll do this game from home rather than leave on Thursday and spend four days in Buffalo. No, it wasn't. Not even. See, I was around this person. This person got me sick. I didn't even enter there, my mind. I'm happy to do it watching it from my couch on a Comrex. How could you even do that? That would be impossible. You'd have to have a live. You would be delayed being there live, like yeah. like I was delayed when I was there live in Buffalo, As in Baltimore. Saying, I'm like, well, I know where yeah. this is going. Where's your public service? And you have a public service message? Yeah, do you want it right now? Yeah, give it to me. You got okay. a minute? Yeah, I got a minute. Okay. So this came from, uh, this is from Barstool yesterday, and I want everybody to listen to this. It's about the scariest scam going right now. Okay. Okay. Apparently, there are criminals who have figured out okay. how to call you call somebody yep from or make it appear that they're calling you from a phone in your contacts okay okay and so what they've done is and this happened to his parents the the guy who wrote the article at barstool it was a uh, chief um so they got a call they had two missed calls from the sister he didn't get one and then the parents got a call from the sister and as soon as they pick up it's two guys being like we've got your daughter right now You've got to send us money to this Venmo or blah, 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 blah. Now, the mom was smart enough and was able to, like, stall them out and and did it. But apparently this is, like, a scam that's going now. So you could get a call. It would say, like, in, you know, I don't know if it's the blonde in your phone or not, but the blonde or, you know, Miss K or whatever. Sure. 
and that they basically call up and say that they've got this person, they're calling you from the phone, and that they are they demand money. And this has apparently happened. It's happening a lot because then he followed up talking about how police was saying this is like a thing that's going on now. And what he said, he was mad. They only wanted five hundred dollars for like her life. Like her life should like it seems incredible. Like yeah, that doesn't that where you lack like credibility, right? Yeah. Doesn't feel like it's enough. He's like you can't get anything with five hundred dollars anymore. But anyway, so two people. This happened to two people in his immediate circle. A friend who got a call from. His mom ended up paying the ransom to a ransom Venmo account, which then disappears as soon as you send the money. It's gone, and they take the money, and you don't get it, and obviously the person's fine. But they were able to stall it out and get the cops to the sister's house, and they showed up, and the sister would then called, like called in from her while she they were on the phone with these people pretending to be her. So it was obviously a relief to the mom. But the, Did we catch the humans? No. They have no idea who did it. When they do. There's a special place in hell for these people because this is like a real messed yeah, up that's, scam. That's that is bad, like that's a bad job. That's messed up. Yeah. She kept him on the phone. Apparently, or he said the mom kept him on the phone for 22 minutes with delays, threats, bargaining, and playing dumb till the police could get there. Once they arrived, they said she was there and fine. Um, and then they were able to tell those people, and of course, they were never to be heard from again. But this is it's something that's happening. So, PF, public service announcement: If you hear that, stay calm, stay calm. Get everybody to get somebody else to call the cops or call that you're at the actual person in the meantime the other thing i do is just don't ever accept calls yeah but if it was from like send it to voicemail did you call what'd you need text hit me with the text do you need something you've answered my phone calls what if it of was course. me you and what if they were like we've got we've got sakura depends on the number <laughs> we'll see i don't even want to ask <laughs> i mean i feel like it'd be i take care of you thank yeah, you i take care of you Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Coming up at the top of the hour, we will meet your Coming Buffalo Bills. Top Bills. of the hour. Yeah, that top of the hour. I'll talk to you at 2.30. <laughs> Listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet <laughs> on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the National Football League. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today. Your best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future season. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spots today. Time to meet your 2022 Buffalo Bills. Just six and three. After that robust start, tied for second in the AFC How East. great would it be to be like a we're robust, just, we're after just a robust start, just barely six and three. Yeah. They enter week 11 on a two-game losing streak. They lost an, a, an absolutely impossible game to lose. Where you have the ball with under a minute, and you, all you have to do is execute some snaps, you win. Yeah, that's, so. you got to do sneaks that gain no yards three times in a row. Yep, that was the objective. That was it. They didn't. They fumbled it. Nope. And so 33 to 30 to the Vikings in overtime. Sean McDermott is their head coach. And with that, we meet the Buffalo Bills. And for that, we need Dr. Zeke. Oh, the Buffalo Bills are good. Take a look at my sheet. You can look at it from afar. Look at all that green. You can only be green if you're top eight in the league, and they are good defensively. Where are they top eight in the league? Or I'm sorry, that's only if you're top five in the league that you get to be green. Top five, bottom Jeez. five. 
Where are they, though? Top eight in the league? Top ten? They are eighth in total defense, second in scoring defense, seventh in rushing defense, seventh in sacks, third in takeaways, third in the red zone, eighth in yards per play. As an offense, they are first in total offense, second in scoring offense, tenth in rushing offense, second in passing offense, first in third downs, eighth in sacks, uh, there, and then fifth in big plays, first in yards per play. Two areas that they're bad. Two areas they're bad. Mm-hmm. Dead last in turnovers. Josh Allen leads the league with 10 interceptions. And they are 21st in the red zone, producing either a touchdown or a field goal in only 73% of their trips. No team's ever gone to the Super Bowl below 75%. And in the red zone, it's been a little bit rough for them, especially of late. Let's start on the offense. Josh Allen right now, 3,029 total yards he's got. I'll say it again, 3,029 total yards. He's thrown for 2,733 with 20 touchdowns. He leads the team in rushing 476 yards, another four touchdowns right now. He is His 3,029 total yards lead the NFL. They're the third most in NFL history through nine games, keeping up with Peyton Manning in his record-setting 2013 season. Then people forget how good he was. Andrew Luck in 2014. If he has 337 total yards against the Browns, it'll be the most in the NFL history in the first 10 games. 24 total touchdowns, second in the NFL. He's produced 112 since 2020, most in the league. Um, But it's been a tale of two seasons for Josh Allen. First six games, 67% completions, 330 yards passing per game, 17 touchdowns, four pick, 110 rating. Last three, 58.8%, 251 yards passing, three touchdowns, six picks. He's got two interceptions. In each of the last three games, 67.2 rating. His 10 interceptions lead the NFL. Six in the last three weeks lead the NFL. Four games with two or more interceptions lead the NFL. Part of the struggles have come in the red zone, which we'll talk about more as this goes on. But how about this? First 67 games of Josh Allen's career in the red zone. 79 passing touchdowns, two interceptions. 110 total offensive touchdowns, five total giveaways. Last three games, two touchdowns, three picks in the red zone. He's thrown more picks in the red zone in the last three games than he did in the first 67 games of his entire career. Best deep ball thrower in the league, passes more than 20 yards in the air, 22 completions, 815 yards, both most, seven touchdowns, third most. Stephon Diggs is unbelievable. Uh, He is third in the NFL receiving yards and touchdowns. He's got 90 yards or more in five straight games, four catches, four games over 100 yards in that one. He's got... Uh, 72, 985, and 7 already. People are putting up numbers as receivers that sound like really good season numbers yeah. in nine games. 72, 985, and 7. Career highs. He's just behind Jefferson and, and, and Hill, right? Yep, that's right. Third. Uh, career highs in targets per game, receptions per game, yards per game, and touchdowns per game. He's been great. And he's been good for a long time. I thought this was an interesting fact to it I came across. Six straight seasons with 800 yards receiving and six touchdowns. Six straight. Only Jerry Rice, 11, Chris Carter, 9, Marvin Harrison, 8, and Larry Fitzgerald, 7, have had more, had longer streaks than that. He's been very good. Uh, They can throw the bomb to Gabe Davis in the four games in which he's caught a touchdown, 16 catches, 426 yards, five touchdowns, averaging 27 to catch, four games without a touchdown, eight receptions, 118 yards, no touchdowns. But they get it done vertically. Their ground game, they don't do much there. Although Devin Singletary scored twice last week, which were, by the way, the first two rushing touchdowns of the season for him. They have three running back touchdowns on the year. But Allen is great. One thing to note, not good in one-score games. Since the start of 2021, Huda had this. 
two and nine in one score games, 18% winning percentage, second worst in the NFL behind only Justin Fields. And the other guys on the list, it's like Fields, Josh Allen, Lawrence, and Davis Mills. Two and nine in one it's score weird. games. It feels like an anomaly, though, doesn't it? I mean, it's a big sample it size, feels like though, it. but it's it's so strange. I will say he's been a totally different quarterback the last, you know, early in his career. It was a it was a struggle. Like we didn't know if he would. Yeah, but this is come that's just since twenty twenty one. That's the last two years. years? Yeah, two what? and nine in one score games. That means they've blown a heck of a lot of people out. It's weird. That's what it means. Yeah, that's it means really they blow weird. people out. Um, they are similar to Cincinnati. If you're looking for a silver lining as a Browns fan, they are similar to Cincinnati and what they do. Shotgun, they're fifth most in the league, basically same percent as Cincinnati. Uh, they don't run much play action. They're 20th in the league in play action. They don't run a lot of motion plays. So they are basically a straight drop back passing game like Cincinnati. So that is good. And they run a lot of RPOs from that shotgun, which is also like Cincinnati. They don't run a lot of, you know, movement, movement, pre-snap, things like that. So hopefully that will be beneficial to us. Um, so that's them on offense. In a nutshell, it's Josh Allen throwing to Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen running the ball, Josh Allen hitting bombs to Gabe Davis, and then McKenzie mixes in. Dawson Knox, who had nine touchdowns a year ago, tight end production way down just 240 and two scores this year. Defensively, I told you they're top 10 in basically everything. They have 13 picks this year. They have four players with two or more interceptions. We have three interceptions as a team. How many we had as a team? Three. 13 interceptions? Poyer's got four. Matt Milano's got two. Dane Jackson has two. And their first-round pick, Kyer Elam, has two. He got Patrick Mahomes. The Browns have three picks on the season, 30th. No player with two or more. They get after the quarterback, 27 sacks. Von Miller, eight. Rousseau, five. A.J. Apensa, three and a half. Boogie Basham, two. They got three players with one and a half. The Browns have Miles with seven and a half, and then nobody else with more than two. Jeez. Uh, they don't blitz. 29th in blitzing, 15.5% against the pass, last in the league. They don't play base, 1% last. They play nickel 96% of the time, most in the NFL. They have light boxes 76% of the time. That means they do not have an eighth guy in the box. That is the most, uh, and a light box is sixth traditionally in the box. Most light boxes since 2016. That's the highest percent. Uh, Nick Chubb, by the way, nine yards of carry versus light box. So that's something to watch there. Their run defense was great early in the year. Uh, first three weeks, uh, first six games of the season, they were very, very good. They didn't allow the most they allowed to running backs, 89 yards and four yards of carry. They had four games where running backs didn't rush for more than 50, four games where they were under three yards of carry. Last three, though, 133 yards, 5.2 yards of carry in each game, averaging 157 yards, 6.3 yards of carry for running backs the last three. So that could be good for us. Reason? Injuries. Micah Hyde's been out for the season last three weeks. Defensive end Gregory Rousseau, safety Jordan Poyer, linebackers Milano and Edmonds all missed time. So they're banged up. Now they're sick. This is a great team. This is a complete roster. There are no holes. They are phenomenal uh, on offense. They are phenomenal on defense. They are explosive. They are very, very good. They were the Super Bowl favorite for a reason. It's yes. all there for you to keep an eye yes. on. Um, all right, there's a lot going on over there. You mentioned the illness. Uh, we talked a little bit about the weather. Sean McDermott was available earlier today with some updates on all of that. Let's have a listen. Hey, Sean, as far as Josh is concerned, is that the result of anything that happened in the game or just kind of the existing elbow? Yeah, just the progression uh, coming off of the game and existing uh, situation he was dealing with starting last week. Sean, what is, I mean, knowing that you're down bodies and, and you're only going to be doing some individual stuff, 
knowing what the forecast calls for and what concern do you have of getting people in back into this building given what the conditions might be for practice over the next couple of days? Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, I know our, our team uh, is, is uh, in communication with the NFL. Uh, they've been through it before. We've been through it before and handled it well. So full confidence in, in our team. Uh, that's working behind the scenes on that, and then the team has the football team has to get ready to play a game and uh, and execute. So it's a good football team coming in here. Sean, so, I mean, given the potential for weather on Sunday, it looks like a large part <coughs> will be done. But how flexible do you have to be in your game plan? Because yeah. you know how it, how it is here, it could change. In a, how flexible do you have to be? Yeah, I mean, um, you just got to be on top of it. It adds you know a little bit of another layer to to the preparation. Um, um, so you just got to be flexible, got to be on top of it, and, and uh, we'll adjust if and, and when necessary. Yeah, kind of along those lines, Sean, I mean, I, I know the, the league is monitoring the situation. You referenced it. Um, as of yesterday, we reached out and had from, I think, three different sources that no plan to, like, change game time um, or uh, there's precedent for changing location, too, as you know. Has that changed at all? Have you had any discussions as far as any of that is concerned, or is it, like, full speed ahead Sunday, 1 p.m. Yeah, again, that's Adam. That's uh, that's our team's been in communication on that end. I have no uh, updates for you on that. Um, uh, as far as I'm being told, everything is uh, heading towards normal game time, normal location. Um, but outside of that, I've been really focused on just game planning, getting the team ready. Sean, I'm sorry if you kind of said this before, but with Josh, is there like a plan to like day by day? Is it sorry? Is it day by day? Or is there a plan for this week with his elbow? Yeah. Um, it's day by day, and, and I'm saying that because not because anything's changed, as I think Adam asked earlier, but um, we reassess um, and see where we're at, you know, after today and what tomorrow looks like and how he is, how he is and, and uh, maybe even what practice looks like. I mean, practice today um, allows some guys to practice the way we're practicing that wouldn't have normally practiced due to some injuries. Um, so it's just... We'll just stay flexible. This is going to sound silly, but you've got some young guys who have never faced so before. Do you have contingencies if they if they can't drive to practice? Yeah. Thursday, Friday, man, that could be possibly a problem for somebody. Yeah. Do you have to worry about stuff like that? We'll just call on all the, you know, this is a resilient town, all the people with snow plows and uh, <laughs> snowmobiles and, and all that type of jazz, and um, I'm sure they'll chip in and, and lend a hand. But, yeah, they got a lot of guys from Florida, a lot of guys from down south, out west, even that – have never seen snow before, and um, our, I'll tell you, our development team does a great job. They they equip them with, um, you know, scrapers and ice de-icing mechanisms, and um, but we have a we, we've already started to plan and plan in place behind the scenes of um, what happens if we can't get in Friday, what happens if we can't get in Saturday, and or with the hotel Saturday evening, you know, being it that's it's downtown, um, how to handle that. So we're working on that also. We're five days out, so we don't know what's going to happen. But the last time you had a crazy weather game, while snow-related, was 2017 against the yeah. with Jacoby Brissett. Hmm. remember most about that game. Yeah, I remember uh, vividly coming walking in after warm-ups and then walking back out for the game, and I was walking next to Paul Sartizio, our um, security director, and – and I saw the amount of snow already just in that amount of time that had lapsed between going in and coming back out. And, and I turned to him and I said, is this normal? And because uh, you hear stories when you move here and, <laughs> and we're walking down, I'm getting ready for the game. And, and he goes, no. And I, like, I didn't have time to be like, well, like, tell me more. Right. <laughs> so and then the rest was was the rest. So. 
All right, there you go. There's Sean McDermott over in Buffalo where we will play theoretically, on Sunday. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion. Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bone, is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Your quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, from the podium. Coming up next, you'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And Bo here for my friends at Renew Home Exteriors. Upgrade the look and value of your home with new signing for Renew Home Exteriors. Ranging in every architectural style and over 50 colors. Save thousands this month during the Renew Home Exteriors end of year signing sale. 24 months, no payments, no interest. Take advantage of the end of the year deals before January 1st price hikes kick in. Beautify your home with premium siding and roofing products at lower prices with Renew Home Exteriors. Visit renewestimate.com for more on that. And now let's head to the podium. Our quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. How's your snow game? I've played up there when it was when it was snow. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, when I was at the coach in, in 2017. Yeah, yeah, 2017. I don't want to talk about the results of the game, but... Uh yeah, because because dude, you gotta back that up a little bit. But because uh, they have to deal with it too, you know. Uh and sounds like we're gonna get some snow here in the same type of environment that we'll play in, so get outside and get practicing that. Is there any way to prepare for it? I mean, I'm from Florida, so no. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't know you I'm the wrong person to ask, but I kind of won't. Th- I really won't think about it, you know. One extreme to another. So yeah, from point. the hottest to the coldest, right? Yeah. So. Did you go when uh, the, the Dolphins, the way they took away your running offense? I mean, is that an easy to, for Buffalo to copy, or what, what do you do if that happens again? Uh, I, I, well, we don't know what Buffalo will do yet, so. Uh, It'll it'll just it'll just come down to execution because we had our chances in in the Miami game, uh, and it came down to execution and we we did a poor job of that. So uh, you know it's always going to come back to us uh, and how we execute, how we how we finish, how we attack, uh, and then and then we'll do we'll see where we at after that. But uh, we just got to do a better job of execution. Kobe, you guys have been really good in like the opening quarter when you guys are on on script seem things seem to really run smooth but you know the the third and, and fourth quarter things tend to slow up a bit do you have any idea why that might be uh no well a week before you said the opposite <laughs> so um this this week is just so you know week to week and and uh we just got to be better honestly it's just like i said it it, it really comes down to execution and, and even in some of those games where we have been really strong in the first quarter, but we still haven't scored on every possession that we've had in the first quarter, uh, it's always come down to execution. One play here, one play there, uh, and that leads into the third and the fourth quarter. Uh, obviously, when, when you get that deep into the game, you got to play your best, uh, and you need, you need, uh, you need to be the, the most focused, and, and the execution got to be at its highest. And, um, and, and this week, we're looking to, to do that. Andrew Barry said that 
you've done everything they've asked of you, and you've been a great leader for this locker room. Going into these last two games, how do you balance doing what you need to do to be prepared for these games while Deshaun Watson returns and kind of helping him fill things out and get back in the groove? Uh, how do I do what I? Oh, that's not my job to balance it. It's coach's job to balance how he splits things up and stuff like that. I just got to go out there and prepare how I always prepare, do my job, um, and then control what I can control. And that's something that I can't control. And I'm not honestly not trying to. Are you comfortable with the plan that the coach has to incorporate Watson without taking away from your? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we we've talked about a lot of things going into practice and stuff like that of how things have will be split up and stuff like that. And I feel confident that I'll be more than fine going into the game. How will things be different with Deshaun out there in practice? Will it be good to have him out there and just kind of? Well, today we'll see. If it's bad, we'll tell him to stay in for the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, it'll, it'll be fine. All right, there's Jacoby from the podium. A lot of fun there. Hey, Cleveland Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry. Enjoy life, not laundry. Tide Cleaners is offering 30% off dry cleaning for the month of November. Just mention promo code BROWNS. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location to you. Some exclusions may apply. We will go around the league coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of your Cleveland Browns. We depend on the Browns to win. You can always depend on OBM. They'll tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. As we go around the NFL, Broncos linebacker Aaron Patrick is suing the NFL, ESPN, the Rams, the Chargers, why ESPN? Over an ACL tear suffered during the Broncos-Chargers Week 6 game on Monday Night Football. The lawsuit claims Patrick tore his ACL as he tried to avoid colliding with an individual on the sidelines and slipped on the mats covering cables yep. for the league's replay monitor, all a result of unsafe conditions. Good luck. They're suing everybody. Yeah. And they're trying to get, I'm sure, a settlement out of it. And yeah. I'm sure there's something to what he's saying. There are some tough conditions out there and we've seen them react to that remember the guy went like head first into the um oh yeah the truck and then now they have those pads out in front of them where they have the cameras that move along mm -hmm. the sidelines but i don't know i mean i feel bad for the guy because it's probably i've never heard of aaron patrick before so wasn't it, it, it would lead me to believe that his acl tear is probably the end of his career it feels like it, yeah. josh mccown in st louis yeah he slid on the cement and then like cracked his ribs that happened in detroit too Somebody that happened to in Detroit, I remember. Yeah, St. Louis, like the years turf ago. ended, and it was like the slippery. There was a concrete ring yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. So you would, that's the way that it would go. I also saw Rodgers, uh, among others, pushing to go all grass everywhere in all of these stadiums. Um, I think it would be amazing, but I also think there's some places it's impossible to do it indoors, right? Can you, at all, uh, you know, can you do that? It's one well, thing if you, have you can do it indoors anywhere. I think you should be able to grow grass indoors anywhere. You have the lights. You have you can simulate yeah. any conditions. The fact we have grass right out here means you can have grass certainly everywhere else. Well, but we have natural sunlight in in that. Like, can can it? I guess you'd have to ask it. Could someone? Yeah, like, but you could have the lights. Their entire. No, no, no. I've thing, seen yeah. that. I mean, uh, you know, you I've been out there. And those... They have those two trays that they right. wheel in and out, and yep. the Vegas has that too. But I do wonder, like, could you do it in a? Could you do it in Jerry World? 
Why not? Well, I just wonder, is it, can you grow grass without sunlight? I suppose you can. You have you those lamps, lamps, though, that simulate sunlight, like all grow houses. Yeah. Which I learned from various would shows. It take, would it take enough root to where it would be able to withstand an NFL game? I would think so. I mean, I feel like you can I make I feel like anything. we can do that. I just, yeah, I just wonder why some haven't. Um, I think mostly it's cost. Because I think it's, it's expensive. expensive to have grass everywhere. It's yeah. remarkable to me that a place like, the Meadowlands doesn't have ga- uh, grass. It's ridiculous. When they're outside. How many, what is the, I mean, I'll tell you, I said this when Ohio State put their artificial turf back in this year. I said, you've got to go grass there, man. Like, use that in recruiting. Yes. Sell that to kids. Yes. Like, we're worried about your safety. We're going to play on grass. grass. We're going to play on turf. I've seen in in the sixth grade this year, Buddy of mine's son tore his, uh, tore, basically shredded his whole knee. And I'm I'm confident that part of it was playing on turf. I see in all these high schools around here, Northeast Ohio, all of this turf, it doesn't your foot gets stuck and you don't slide. And when that happens, it you torque it and it's done. And it's the stuff's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And there's plenty of an ability to grow grass here. And everybody keeps putting in that that speed turf, speed turf stuff. It's terrible. Yeah. It's just no good. But I at the I in the end, like nothing's ever gonna happen. Like it's gonna be used as a bargaining chip. For as much money as is made in this in this league, let's just say this league, yeah, whatever incremental cost it would be for a certain team, and then maybe the league says, okay, we're going to take off X percent of the TV money for X number of years to get you guys going on grass, and then move on. Like, grass isn't going to make these teams less profitable, and no. having your stars around is going to make your teams more profitable. I don't see how it's a problem. There's one of the big soccer clubs – in Europe, have a, have obviously dome and they've got grass and it's. Is there one? I I know that when they come over here, like when like Chelsea and those guys played in Seattle, they make them put grass in. Correct. Like they don't mess around. Um, I mean, this is a, a quick Google. Who knows? Um, research found by funded by three U.S. dome stadiums showed that natural grass can grow well enough under a dome to support world class soccer play. So you can do it. Um, and it would feel like would make all the sense in the world to be able to do it. Yeah. To me, to be, it just seems smarter to do it that way. And anytime you talk to Joe or anybody who's played, they're quick to point out that it's they prefer it 10 times out of 10. The average viewership for Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime has plummeted. Well, the game suck. 9.65 million through its first nine games. Mike Florio points out Falcons Panthers last week averaged 6.8 million, the smallest audience of 2022 for per sports media watch. Amazon is hoping for a bump in ratings with the remainder games. They have Titans at Packers, Bills at Patriots, Raiders at Rams, 49ers at Seahawks, Jaguars at Jets, and Cowboys at Titans. I outlined so this last streaming week. too. It's there's. I was going to say Amazon is disputing the, the 9.65. They sure. believe it's a little over 11, but. Here's the deal. I, I outlined this last week. When you're into streaming, you're not getting the casual fan because you're not bouncing around in a traditional sense of, hey, what's on TV? Let's turn it on. Yep. Right? Yep. You're getting the people who love those two markets and love those two teams and love fantasy or gambling or whatever, and they're into it. But it frustrates the hell out of me watching it on my primary screen, the streaming, because I don't like commercials. So I want to bounce to something else. Yep. Heck, I'll watch five minutes of Roadhouse and I'll come back, right? Something that's on cable, I'll find it somewhere else. You can't do that here. Once you're into it, you're stuck and you're in there. And I think that if you don't love these two teams and if the games aren't great, what is very very clearly being told by the viewership is we're out. And they've had trash 
games yes the last couple of weeks i mean just death the other part of this one with the 6.8 million with the falcons and the panthers i mean that's about as regional a matchup as you're going to get there are no carolina fans outside of carolina the falcons are a little bit of a southern team sort of but not much they don't even have any start they don't have matt ryan and julio jones anymore they don't have no no they're not prime like name get somebody to name like the top six skilled players on that team good luck yeah so some of it i think um I think some of it is that. I also think this. What is Amazon doesn't care about the ratings. They, they should though, right? Eh, I think for them this was a. I mean, it's kind of like a loss leader for them, like it's it's a small price to pay for the long term affiliation. You know, like this is hey, we can do this at a really high level. Eventually, it's going to switch to where all this stuff is streaming. At least that's their hope. It's and we're going to be, be in bed first. And, yeah. You know, we'll be in bed first. Yeah. So, they, I mean, I think that's what it's about more than anything else for Amazon. I don't think Amazon's worried about if they're getting $11 million or whatever the number would be on that. I think you're probably right about that. It still is. It just shows, though, how easy, how much easier it is to watch things on TV than for people to stream things. It's just, it really just is. It's entirely it's an entirely different experience. I mean, you ask, when is the last time that you guys sat down on one screen and watched an event that wasn't, you know, Game of Thrones or Yellowstone or something like that, that in real time that you feel like you got a Game of Thrones, especially where you had to watch it in real time or it would be ruined. True Detective, the first time that series aired. And just stuck there. There's not, because on a college football Saturday, I'm watching a commercial. I'm looking to something else. Give me, I'm right. Give me, a, what give else me some I action. Give me this. I'm yep. not. I'm not sitting through it. So, when you're talking about an inability to do that, it's a very different experience. Yeah. So I haven't been into these Thursday night games. I'll pop in. I'll paratroop in for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, watch a quarter, and then I'm out. Like when the game doesn't deliver, I'm out. I am much more. I'll watch usually because I get home from the coach's show. And then we'll watch, you know, it's kicking off by the time I, it's kicked off by the time I get home, watch the first half kind of with some interest. If it ends up being really good, maybe I'll watch some of the second half, but I'll typically watch the second half on my phone in bed while Miss K throws on some real housewives of something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's it. How are you doing it? Give Are you locked into it regardless? No. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the games are not good. These games have been brutal. And, and I think that's where Amazon's got their beef. You know, I mean, yes, they may not totally care how many people, but at the end of the day, like they're paying a lot of money, and you're getting some garbage games. And I get it. Thursday night, the rule has always been, if you're not going to Europe, you usually have to make at least one appearance on Thursday night football. Yeah. Every team. <clears throat> well... I mean, that's why you end up getting Texans Eagles. <laughs> yeah. And last right. And it, you have to think do you want to do a right Texans Eagles, bad team, good team, and hope the good team draws? Or do you want to have like four or five marquee matchups and know you're going to have some, some turds? And it's always been that way. I mean, you used to get, remember they'd always. wear They're those certain. color rushes and you get the Jags and those like diarrhea unis yeah, against the Titans and powder blue. I think you're, you also have to, there are certain certain franchises in this league and i think almost in a way divisions in this league that are 
they are very regional. They are not national. And I think the AFC South and the NFC South, those those teams are really kind of locked in by and large to their areas. There's not a Jacksonville fan base. Well, that didn't exist for forever. Right, their expansion. The Texans are new. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only team, Tennessee's new. Yeah. Texans are new. Panthers are new. Jaguars are new. The Falcons are established. The Colts are established. Who am I missing? Bucks. Did you say Bucks? Bucks are established, but very regional. For the longest time, they were a nothing. Saints. Saints. And Saints are probably the biggest biggest. fan base brand of that. And the brands still matter. It's just like in college football. The brands still matter. But what we want most is good games. And the best example of that is what happened in college football over the weekend. Alabama Ole Miss did a huge number. And you can't get more regional than Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Oxford, Mississippi. But it was a great game, right? And so we will find we're getting pretty smart. Um, Speaking of college football, college football playoff rankings yesterday stayed unchanged, one through five, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, and Tennessee. Um, If you were to hook the college football playoff committee up to a lie detector test, their dream scenario would be this. Georgia wins out. Ohio State wins out. They beat Michigan by a small margin, and Tennessee wins out. TCU loses and then therefore are eliminated. USC loses to U- – USC would be fine, though. You could put them in there. I think if they could have it their way, they'd go Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Tennessee 3, Michigan 4, print it, and watch the ratings go. The fly in the ointments Tennessee, or TCU, they are undefeated at this point. If, they got, if they're undefeated, they're going to get in. Um, USC, have they played anybody? They played the Big 12 schedule. They beat Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma. And but they're like – They're all down this year. They're not yeah. – No. But if they're undefeated and they're a power five, they're getting in. USC could be a fly in the ointment here, although they would love to have USC in, which is why they have them at seven, despite the fact they haven't really played anybody. USC's last three games are all against ranked teams. They play UCLA, they play Notre Dame, and they play uh, Utah, most likely Utah, in the in the Pac-12 championship game. So they would play three ranked teams. Utah already beat them? They did. But okay. it was in Salt Lake. So if they could get them neutral, neutral, then I think I think you'd love to put USC in this thing. I mean, you'd love that. Now you got if it was you would want so a one loss USC team you think would go in over a one loss Michigan team if they barely lose to the Buckeyes? If because USC would be a conference champion, they'd be the Pac-12 champion. So I think that they would prefer that. That's why they and I don't know if you agree with this or not. I feel like we've talked about it, and maybe you agree, maybe you don't. But that's why I think it just needs to be eight. Get the five Power Three champions in. Or the power the five, five three, power, yeah, the five, five power, power five champions get in automatically, and then there's three at larges. Yeah, they're going to go to twelve, which is going to be really awkward. Twelve. So they're going to do first four seeds get buys, Ugh. and then they're going to do eight from there playing in. And the first the teams five. That's through, too many. Of course it is. Five teams five through twelve will play at home venues. So for example, if that were in play this year, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU would all have buys. Tennessee would host Oregon. LSU would host Penn State. LSU would host Utah. USC would play Clemson. Or no, USA would play Alabama. LSU would play Clemson. Um, and that's the way it would go. So that's that's how they break that down. You'd play one game on home campuses or neutral sites in the similar vicinity. I still think you can do that with eight, and the first round can be on home campuses. Yeah. Here's the problem, though, whether it's eight or 12. And this is something that they're dealing with in college at sports they really are at the mercy of the National Football League. So as soon as we get it, as we know, when we get into December, we start playing games on Saturdays. 
and we start we already play games on Thursdays and Mondays and Sundays. So the college football doesn't want to compete with the NFL with their playoff. But there's games. never so they're hoping that there are weeks where they can play these games and not have to go head to head with the NFL. But couldn't they just tell the NFL like they could ask? I don't think they can tell the NFL anything. The NFL plays on Saturday to replace college, but if college was but would the NFL there, give those back up? Would they give Saturday up? I mean that NFL Network triple header week fifteen that were one of the candidates to play. Right. That's yeah. that's an all day Saturday. That's a uh I wanna say it's a twelve thirty, four fifteen, eight fifteen. Yeah, and that's what it'll be. Yeah. But that's because there currently is nothing then. So they they basically are at the mercy of the NFL. Hey, will you give us these Saturdays back so that we can play straight through because they still want to do the champions you know, like first weekend after New Year's is what they want. They want the college football playoff series game, semifinals, to be played as they are, either on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. They should always be New Year's Day. Yep. And they then seven be. days later, they want to do the championship. But they don't want to go up against NFL postseason. So that's why they always play it on a Monday, is to avoid the competition. Yeah. Your NFL, some fantasy notes and news. Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, announces wide receiver K.J. Hamler will miss the next few weeks due to his hamstring injury. Cardinals have designated wide receiver Hollywood Brown to return from practice. Mm. Return to practice from IR. He is eligible to play as soon as Monday night against the 49ers. There you go. All right. So much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Oh, boy. Catch the Browns oh preview boy. show tonight. 7-8 University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Tight end Farrell Brown and Browns legend Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. The, the Hoff? Hoff? The Hoff is back? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He joins us tomorrow, by the way. I was texting with him yesterday. I, um... I got. It. I just want all of it. I want. Um, I just want all the Irv content that I can. Oh, that's all we're getting. That's that tomorrow. I, all I want. He was. He actually started texting me about it, and I said, "Just save it, or at least the stuff that we can share on air. Save." Yeah. Because so. I just him on the prowl in Munich, a a a, a predator like that, you know, in a, in a, an apex predator like Irv, in a foreign land, the peak of his powers. Pe- well. The twilight peak of his powers? Still think Irv is formidable. I mean, I still think he's formidable. By the way, I don't think he's operating like on much decline. No. I think he's had a long peak. I don't have a problem with that. You know, it's a developing situation in the city of Buffalo in the state oh, God, of New York. I'm so excited. When Jim when? Cantori weighs in. He's in the what? mix. The Weather Channel is on alert, and I got a feeling oh, Cantori's God. coming to Buffalo, baby. Get him on the show. Get him High on the show tomorrow. impact lake snow event. Expect major disruptions to life. What? All right, so why you – okay, okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You don't major go – disruptions to life? You don't go somewhere. Is that the tweet? That's the tweet. You don't what? go somewhere. We'll be to see how the NFL handles Browns Bills. You don't go somewhere no that way. is going to have known major disruptions to life. No, the we end. Go on Thursday. 
We don't wait till Saturday. No, you don't go. No, you, you don't, don't go there. All. You don't go there at all. We're not going to have food. We're not going to have food, shelter, clothing. No, nothing. Or you guys will be. Shelter. No. Maybe. It'll be a disaster. Remember when yeah. the roof collapsed? Just freeze it's it in the corner. Dome. We're outside. Jeez. You'd be like Randolph out. and Mortimer at the end. Yes. No, We're going to be near a garbage can with fire. But then they're I've back. never heard that type of tweet before in my life. Major disruptions to life. To life. Expect major disruptions. We don't they go there, go. then. We're going to be in Detroit. We don't go there, That's then. That's my prediction. We're going to be in Detroit. Snow, That's how it's going to go. Thunders. That's your one goal for tomorrow. Cantori. Give me a, we need a weather channel guy. All right. All right, brother. We're back tomorrow. Next level is next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.